Well, hello, happy Mother's Day to all the mamas in the house. I also wanna take a moment and welcome those who are online with us. Listen, we've got people from El Salvador, Israel. I was just with you about a week and a half ago. And Switzerland, can we just welcome them joining with us online? If you are a mother in the house, a godmother, a spiritual mother, a grandmother, you're some form of a mother, would you stand up for me right now? Stand up. Let's just honor our mothers in the room. Ladies, you have done so much to nurture the hearts of children, of people all across the world. And today we extend a thank you to you just for all the love that you have poured out uh, to everyone along your path. And in fact, if you've, got, if you've got your mama next to you or somebody who was poured into you, just lean over and say, I love you. Thank you. My kids are right there, right? Thank you, thank you. Thank you, happy Mother's Day to me too. I appreciate that. Listen, I, I just wanna honor those who are here who are mothers, but I also wanna take a moment and just acknowledge that for some of you in the room, this could be uh, hard because as we celebrate women, as we celebrate mothers, maybe some of you um, have lost a mother or maybe as Johnson prayed, you are yet to conceive. And so we acknowledge that this can be a, a challenging and hard time as well for some people in the room or online. And so please know that our hearts are with each of you today as well. We're in the third week of this series that we're calling Open Doors, and we're talking about how to love others well with this heart of neighboring. And Pastor Chris from our Hamilton Mill campus kicked us off with helping us identify who is our neighbor, right? He talked about who is our neighbor, and he answered that question for us, that our neighbor is whoever is in our everyday proximity. That means your family. That means if you're going to the grocery store, the grocery store, the post office, or your coworker, whoever is in your everyday proximity is your neighbor. And then Pastor Kerbin, he, he came up here last week, and he shared with us, and he talked about how do I neighbor, right? How do I neighbor? And he shared with us that there's a difference between looking at people versus seeing them. There's a difference in just looking at them versus seeing them. What I like to call that is their self-awareness. There's somebody else out there besides you, right? It's, it's, it's that intentionality when we can see someone else and we can see people through God's eyes. And so with that being a neighbor and just listening and having that heart of intentionality to those that are around us. And this verse that we've been hanging on for this series is found in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 through 31, and it says this. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second commandment is this, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. I love this scripture because it sums up gospel neighboring, right? That we'll never truly move into the intentionality of loving others as ourselves if we first don't love God with all our hearts. That is foundational. That is key for all of us in our relationship with Jesus. That's the first commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, as your strength. Because here's what happens. When we get that love, when we receive God's love, when we stand on his love, we are able to 
to just pour out to those around us and we can't help but love others and love our neighbors, right? And when we can love, love people like Jesus loves people, here's, here's what begins to happen. Their hearts begin to open. There's a softness that happens. There's an opening to hear the word. There's an opening to hear more about this Jesus and this man that's transformed your life. And so today, for us, when we talk about neighboring, when we're talking about providing an open door, having open doors in our homes and in our lives and in our hearts and loving our neighbor as ourselves, today, we're gonna dive into what it means to have a hospitable heart. What it means to have a hospitable heart. We're gonna talk about what a hospitable heart does, because at the end of the day, let me say this, it all boils down to the heart. It all boils down to the heart and the posture of our heart when we talk about loving our neighbors as ourselves. Now, men, all the men, let me know you're here. Come on. I gotta say, that was, that was much better than nine o'clock. I think they were still waking up, right? Now, listen, I said hospitable. I said hospitality. Don't be checking out on me, come on. I said these words that probably sound a little bit more in the woman vocabulary, but I don't need you to check out, right? And so all the women to that, let me hear you say what? Amen. Amen. Come on. This is for all of us, right? We're not talking about tea parties. We're not talking about baby showers, right? Or we're not talking about the bridge club like your grandma used to play. Anybody's grandma play bridge club? Mine all the time, I'm like, what is bridge? Somebody can tell me later on. I don't know what that is. Couldn't tell you how to play it. But we're not talking about those things today. When we talk about hospitality and having a hospitable heart, that's not what we're talking about. What comes to mind when we talk about that word being hospitable? Anybody wanna share? Loving. Loving, that's very good, thank you. Passionate, okay. Patient, patient's good. I need patience. What'd you say? Welcoming, yes, very good, right? May, you know, welcoming, absolutely, I love that because even you know, when I think about the word hospitable and hospitality, some of the first things that come to my mind is having people over, grilling out, and Johnson's gonna be watching the Georgia game. Let me hear those bulldogs in the house. Who's got the bulldog? There we go, come on. For the ladies, you know, for me, it might be, hey, come on over, let's have some coffee and dessert, let's just chill, right, with church friends, or being hospitable could be like letting your, your kids have their friends over to stay the night, right? That's being hospitable, right? All those things are, right? It's when we invite people into our home, but uh, let me just pause for a moment. How many introverts do I have in the room? Mm-hmm. Y'all are already like, ooh, you're talking about having people over my house. Ooh, that does not feel good, it feels uncomfortable. How many planners do I have in the house? Amen, I'm with you. <laughs> right? Come on now. If you are a planner or you are an introvert, you're already getting nervous, right, when we start thinking about having company over at the house because I'll tell you right now, I'm like, is my house clean? Is it big enough? Is it nice enough? Oh, you know what? That does not look like Pinterest. And it definitely doesn't look like you just walked into the house of Pottery Barn and saw that. Like, that is not it, right? Some of us, when we start thinking about that, our mind goes in a hundred different directions when we talk about hospitality and then some of us, it, maybe we don't have a home or maybe it's physically or emotionally unsafe and that's hard too, right? That can be hard, that can be challenging. 
First Peter four, verses eight through 10 says this, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Mm. I'll say that part again, more for myself. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Here's the thing. Although the greatest expression of hospitality may be in our home, hospitality is actually something bigger than that. Hospitality is about reaching out to welcome others into our hearts so that we can share the glory of God and what God has done in us and in our lives to those who are around us. Now, let me tell you, I just said it, I'm a planner. And my husband is over there going, amen. She likes to plan, right? So I, I like to have things, and my kids are too. I like to have time to get things in order. I have my lists. Anybody else have their lists? Isn't it so refreshing when you go, check? Oh, it feels so good. It's like this weight just lifted off your shoulder, right? Now, Johnson, on the other hand, He's more of a, he's shaking his head because he knows. He's more of an in the moment guy, right? Now I will say since being married, God has put us together for a reason because he has learned how to come over to my side and I've learned how to come over to his side. But in the past, it'd be like a, it'd be like a Friday night. He's like, oh, so hey babe, I was thinking about and you know, kind of reached out to invite some people over to watch the game tomorrow that starts at one. What? It's like I'd be digging my nails into my hands. Mm-hmm. Okay, right? This panic would like flood over me. He'd be like, calm down, calm down, calm down, right? Because I would start thinking about, okay, I gotta have this place clean. Boys, you better pick up your rooms. I don't care if anybody's coming into your room. You need to pick up your rooms. It doesn't matter. Jesus might be in your room. Pick up your room, clean your room. Right, I'd be thinking about, what do I need to get from the grocery store? What am I gonna cook? Because I, I like to cook, but I might not be the best cook, so maybe I need to order out. I mean, my mind would go in a 100 different directions. I would get so worked up in panic. Let me say, I have not mastered this, but here's the thing. Why? Why? Because I was trying to impress. See, the opportunity to entertain or be hospitable for Others had become about me and mine. And my personal value had somehow been sucked into this vacuum of comparison. I had lost focus on the real point. And that was this. Having that hospitable heart is about creating a space of welcome for others where the Holy Spirit can do the real work. Let me say this, hospitality is not about the condition of your house. Listen, I'm not saying leave a pig mess, right? I'm not saying that. But hospitality is about the posture of your heart. Hospitality is not about the condition of your house, but it's about the posture of your heart. Maya Angelou says this, she says, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. So when people come into your home, when people come into your presence, 
How do they feel? The dictionary defines hospitality as this. It says it's treating others with warmth and generosity. Treating others with warmth and generosity. And here's the thing, as believers, we are all called to to offer hospitality to others. Everyone say all with me. All, right? This is not just a woman thing. We are all called to offer hospitality to others because a heart of hospitality, this kind, this generous, this welcoming spirit is reflective of the heart of Jesus. And if we have professed Jesus as our Lord and Savior, if we say we are disciples of him, then we are, and we are all called to live like Christ, what that means, part of that, is having a hospitable heart. Living from a centered place of a relationship with him, loving God, and then being able to love others. And here's the thing. In the early church, hospitality was actually a required characteristic to be considered for leadership in the church. Y'all didn't know that, did you? I'm going to show you right here in the Word. 1 Timothy 3, 2 says this, Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Mmm, I know I hear those mmm in here. When we're talking about neighboring, not only are we talking about welcoming people into our home, we're talking about through an open door, right? We open the door, we let them in. We're talking about welcoming them into our hearts. And let me just say this, while that is something for leadership, that does not dismiss you. This is for all of us. As followers of Christ, we all need to extend love to others and have a hospitable heart. But the question is this, how do we do that? How do we do that? How do we welcome people into our hearts with a heart of hospitality? How do we have a hospitable heart? The first thing is this, is we're gonna create moments where others feel loved and welcome. We're gonna create moments where others feel loved and welcome. Romans 12, nine through 13 says this, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. See, a heart of hospitality is a mark of a disciple of Christ because it's an extension of genuine love for others, right? When we receive that love and we we receive that love from him and we're grounded on that love, then it's an extension of that love to others. And the scripture says this, seek to show it, right? Saying, be intentional. Don't be slothful. Don't be like, oh, I got love. I'm not giving anything out. No, it's saying, be intentional. Be a giver, Hebrews 13, one through two says this, let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Mm. Don't neglect to. It says be purposeful and welcoming to others, right? Whether you know them or not, extend love to others. Uh, Johnson and I just got back from Israel with his uh, Wheaton class, and we were doing a New Testament tour, and one day we were in the old city, and uh, we were in the Jewish quarter in old Jerusalem, and I was doing my woman thing. Y'all know what that is, right? Shopping. Shopping. Yeah. He's like, put the wallet away. Um, 
So we're, I'm doing my thing. He's tired because I've been shopping. But we are in the Jewish quarter and we're walking along and I come across this, this art store and see some beautiful things. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna go in there. So I go in there and I'm looking at all these different things and as I'm shopping, the store owner comes out and he's got this big tray and he's got all these water glasses on it. And he's like, here, you want some water? I'm like, I, I'm pulling up my water, but I'm like, I'm good, I got some. He's, okay, yeah, I'll take some of your water. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was being kind and generous. He takes it out to our group who's waiting outside. And so I'm looking in there and all of a sudden my eyes draw over to this um, canvas on the wall. And it's a picture of the wailing wall on canvas. And it's beautiful. It just drew my heart in. I think I filled my, my eyes filled up with tears a little bit as I was drawn to it. And um, as I'm sitting there looking at it, I'm like, this is just beautiful. And so I did what most wives would do. You know? I'm like, Johnson. He looks at me, he's like, I'm like, I promise you, I'm not gonna buy it. I just want you to see it. Jesus, please, let his heart turn. Let him love it like I love it. Come on in, babe. So he comes in, he's like, yeah, it's beautiful. And I was like, isn't it? It's like, but we're here to get gifts for others. Yes, baby. So I, I stayed submitted. I stayed submitted. So we start looking at these different prints and we pick out these different prints to bring home for others. And, and he admired it with me. And I stayed submitted. He goes outside. He's like, I'm done. I'm gonna go out, wait outside. I'm like, okay, I stayed submitted, y'all. I didn't buy it. I stayed submitted. I held back and restrained. So here I am, and I'm, I'm paying, uh, and Yudi, our store owner's there with us, and I'm paying, and it's like, these are some great things. And he's like, here, take some more. He just gave us some free prints, and he's so kind, and so I'm paying for those. And then all of a sudden, he he goes over to the picture and he pulls it down and he said, hey, your heart was drawn to this when you came in. And I said, uh, yeah, it, it was, it's, it's beautiful. He said, I just painted it yesterday. And he said, I wanna show you, you see these two people here? And he points to two people on the picture and I said, yeah, he said, that represents me and my dad. And the first time he took me to the Wailing Wall I'm like, okay, you know, biting my lip, don't cry, Summer, don't cry, don't cry. Um, he said, I want you to have it. I'm like, no, no, because to be honest with y'all, some of these people be like, you have it, now what do you give me for it, right? Um, we had already been in Rome and they were playing that. <laughs> Here, it's free for you. No, it's not. Um, now what you gonna give me? But he's like, no, I, I want you to have it. Your heart was drawn to this. I want you to take it. And so, uh, and for those of you who are probably gonna ask me, because I had somebody ask me before, I will put that picture on Instagram later so you can see it. Um, so he, he says, let me wrap it up for you. He wraps it up. Our group's already departed. They're out the door. I come out, and Johnson sees, of course, I've got the prints. <laughs> and then he sees... Yeah, and then he sees, he sees this big old wood thing and he's like, what is that? And I'm like, <laughs> but he knew when he saw my face, I was like, I couldn't talk. And he's like, did he give that to you? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like and I just start bawling and crying um, and just crying. And just crying, yeah, just crying. Keep it real. 
You know, first, beauty comes out and he brings us all water. It's a basic need. It's hot outside. He made us feel welcome. And then with his heart of generosity, he begins to give to me and he gifted to many others that day. He had this posture, this open and welcoming heart. And his hospitable heart created this moment, I can tell you, where I felt the love of God and welcome, but I felt the heart of God in that moment. So how do we have a hospitable heart? One, we're gonna create moments where others feel welcome and loved and welcome. And the second thing is this, we're gonna create spaces and places of safety. We're gonna create spaces and places of safety. When we think about neighboring, when we talk about it, having a hospitable heart is about recognizing that people have emotional, physical, and spiritual needs. Whether it is opening our homes, allowing them to come in, maybe providing a meal for them, or opening our hearts, creating space to meet those needs and create those places of safety. Because sometimes people need to step out of their chaos. Sometimes they need a space or a moment to be able to ask a question or come out of loneliness and they need someone to bring them into a kingdom-centered space. And so while the greatest expression might be our home, right, it can be wherever you are. Wherever you are, you can have that space. Listen, Jesus literally had no home when he was here on the earth. He had no home when he was here on the earth, but he is our example of hospitality because he created safe spaces everywhere that he went. And just like he did that, we can do that. So the day before we left Israel to come home, uh, I got into the elevator to go meet Johnson and the team. I was running a little bit behind schedule that day. And uh, they're all waiting downstairs. And to be honest, um, I had not done a good job up to this point um, about having an open heart or an open door to other people, engaging with other people outside of our team. And so that morning, the Lord had actually convicted me and said, hey, I need you to see. So I'm like, all right, Lord, let me get in the heart posture. God, I need to see, help me to see who you want me to see today. So I get into the elevator and I come into the elevator and there's this woman and I say, hey, how are you? She's like, I'm, I'm good. And I knew immediately, I was like, oh, she sounds American. So I said, where are you from? And she said, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. And I said, oh, I'm from Atlanta. Are you here on a tour? She said, yes, I'm on a tour. Oh, yes, I was on a tour. And then she says, it's so good to see and talk with an American. And her voice just kind of takes this low tone. And I could tell in that moment with the tone of her voice that God was saying, hey, this is a moment where I need you to see somebody. And so I said, so you're on a tour? She said, well, I was on a tour. She said, my husband and I started in Rome, and, but as we were landing, he wasn't feeling super well. And then we got here, and as we were coming into Israel, um, as we flew in, he fell really ill. And so I, as soon as we landed, I took him immediately to the hospital in Tel Aviv. And as I did, they rushed him into the ER, and doctors told her that had she not brought him, if she had brought him a day later, that he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have lived. He'd suffered a brain hemorrhage, and they had to do emergency surgery. She said, my team left 25 days ago. So I've been here all by myself, waiting for my husband to get well in Israel. 
It felt very lonely. And so she just began to share her heart as she began to share her story. Naturally, tears are filling my eyes as she's sharing. My heart went out to her and I said, hey, can I pray for you and pray with you? And she was like, absolutely, please do. So we stood there in the lobby of the hotel, hands out, and I'm just, I'm praying with her. We're holding hands and we're praying. And when we finish, she says, can I take a picture with you? And I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> Feels a little awkward, but sure. But she said, I'm, I'm journaling this entire process. And I have no doubt that God put you in my path today. So I gave her my info and we took the picture. And listen, I don't, I don't say that to give myself credit. I'm not sharing that story with you for that reason. I say that to say many times there are people who need a brief moment to step out of their chaos and they're just waiting for you, for me, to create space for them. Come on, church. Jesus created those safe spaces everywhere that he went and you and I have the ability to do the same. Because having a hospitable heart, let me just say this, is about the posture of our heart above the function of our heart. God, use me today. Lord, help others to see you in me. As Pastor Kendra says in her book, Being is Leading, she says, pray and ask God to give you an ear to hear the hearts of others. Oh, that that would be our prayer every day. Who's waiting? Who's waiting for you to say, I see you. I hear you. Let me listen and be intentional with you. Because when we create these moments where others feel loved, they feel welcome, as we become that place of safety for others, right? Living from that heart that's centered on the Lord, right? It, becomes to, it begins to flow out of us, that love for others as we love our neighbors as ourselves. And here's what happens. It does something. It does something. So what does that hospitable heart do? What does that hospitable heart do? The first thing it does is it yields. It's gonna yield to the Holy Spirit. I yielded in that moment, but here's, here's what it also does. It yields to the needs of others. It yields to the needs of others. You're able to see beyond yourself, and it yields to the needs of others, not just your own. I was reading this the other day, and the Lord just drew me to it, and I felt like this week I'm supposed to share it, and it's about, it's Acts chapter 16. We're gonna start with verse uh, 20, 29 through 32, and it says this. Paul and Silas, just so you know, little background. Oh, I'm sorry, I went too far. It starts with this, 25 through 28. Paul and Silas, just so you know, they've been thrown in prison. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Now, let me just tell you real quick. They had already been beaten and scourged, and now they're in prison, and they're down in the dungeon, and they are singing and praying. It says, suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaking, and at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Now let me keep it 100 up in here. <laughs> if I'm in prison, those jail doors open, and my chains go, boop, bye, <laughs> see ya. Jesus, you came to intervene, right? I'm keeping it real, right? Paul and Silas are in prison. 
They're in captivity. And actually, when Johnson and I were in Rome, we went to the maritime prison where Paul was kept. And then when we were uh, in Israel, we went to Caiaphas' house where Jesus was on trial. We, we visited these areas where the prisons were. They are dungeons. There's no windows. It's dark. It's cold. It's nasty. You cannot see it outside. We think about soli- a solitary confinement. This is a whole new level. They are in this dark place. But what we see and read here is that even in Paul and Silas's darkest of time, for them personally, they had a posture of yielding. They had a love for the Lord, a deep adoration for Christ, and they were centered on him. It kept them. They could have run like I would have run, right? But what did they do? They stayed. And then they looked beyond and they saw the jailer called to him by name that we would yield. Oh, that we would yield to the heart of hospitality in the same way, that we would stop, that we would look, that we would listen and love. Because let me be real up in here for a minute. All of us, we go through stuff. If you don't raise, if I, I don't even take, need to take a raise of hands because if you don't put your hand up, you're lying. We all go through stuff. Sometimes we go through greater trials than others, but we all go through trials. And when I read this, it hit me in a different way. See, even though Paul and Silas were imprisoned, they did not remain victims in their imprisonment. Even though they were imprisoned, they didn't remain victims in their imprisonment. Listen, their focus remained on God. They knew what it meant to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, strength. And might, they might be in this, but they're like, my God is for me. If my God's for me, who can be against me? Right? They knew how to live that out. They knew how to love their neighbors as themselves. And so when I think about this, let me just ask you a question. When is the last time you were with a coworker, or a family member, maybe even talking with somebody social, and you're going through something, but when's the last time you were attentive to their needs and not just focused on your own needs? If we're gonna have a hospitable heart, if we're gonna have an open door, if we're gonna seek, go out to help see the lost come to know the Jesus that we know, that we know we have to be able to see beyond ourselves. See beyond yourself and see the needs of others. Listen, I'm not saying you deny your needs. Hear me on that. You need to address those things. You need to have somebody walk alongside you as well. But I'm just saying, keep an open door and heart to others because you never know who God's gonna put in your path. You never know. So what does a hospitable heart to do? It's gonna yield to the Holy Spirit, to the needs of others. And the second thing is this, it's gonna bring healing. It brings healing. So when we go back to the story with Paul and Silas in the prison, right? He's set free, the earthquake, they are set free. We see Paul intervenes so the jailer won't kill himself. And then the scripture tells us in verse 29 through 32, it says, the jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sir, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. 
Paul and Silas, these men surrendered to God and despite being in prison, despite being beaten, this jailer, what does he see? This undevoted heart surrendered to God. He begins to see their value, that they have value for others in the human life, right? They, did, he didn't, just, they didn't just value their own. And here's what happens. This man, one, he doesn't kill himself, but it draws this man to salvation. It brings healing to his heart. It draws this man to say, I wanna be saved. And here's the beautiful thing. This doesn't just affect him, right? The scripture says the word goes through his entire household. Listen, when we think about our entire household, we usually think about me and my three. I got me and my three, right? But in scripture, in the old times, when you talk about the extended family, it is like 50, 100, it is many when we're called to, we are called to love our neighbors as ourselves and when we can look past everything going on around us, pick up our eyes, make space and create a place of safety for people in our path, you and I, we have the privilege to draw others into a place of salvation of knowing the Jesus we know and draw them into healing through Jesus. And so, wow, this is a biblical example for you. And let me just say this for you. It could be lunch with a coworker. Man, if you're a school kid in here, it might just be asking somebody how they're doing, what's really going on, right? It could be have, having a neighbor say, hey, you wanna go on a walk and just see how life is going for them. Or maybe doing, having coffee with someone. Or maybe it's having somebody over to share a meal and just share stories. We're living in a time that more than ever now, people feel cut off. From others, they feel lonely, right? But being around family, being around people who have an open heart, a hospitable heart, it brings healing because God's love is hospitable, it's warm, it's caring, it's generous, there's a place of safety there, and it brings healing. And so here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. No matter what we are going through, I believe God's call to us is that we would extend that same heart to others so that they could see the, and, and see the hospitality of Jesus and the receptiveness and the welcome of God more clearly and want that same peace, just like the jailer did here in Acts 16. The last thing is this, what does a hospitable heart do? It brings fulfillment. It brings fulfillment. Catch back up in Acts 16, verse 33, it says, and at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds, then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. When we lead with an open heart and an open hand, an open house, right? This, this biblical, hospitable heart, not only does the door for salvation and healing open, right? but it opens the, the doors for our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends, our family to experience the joy and the fulfillment that only Christ can bring. And let me say this, it can change the whole trajectory of someone's life. Change their path, complete path. And notice this, I love this when I read it. Not only did the jailer find healing, not only did he find salvation, then he became hospitable. It says he went out, right, and he, had, he set a meal before Paul and Silas. He set a meal and he attended to their wounds. Can I tell you, there is an opportunity for healing 
and fulfillment on both sides when we choose to love God with our whole heart, our whole mind, our strength, soul, and we love our neighbors as ourselves. Because there's something that happens on the inside of you. When you see this person come to know Jesus, oh, wow, they're, oh, Lord, they are, they are coming to know you. It does something on the inside. There's a joy, there's a fulfillment. Not because it's about you, but it's because it's about Jesus and you're seeing them come to know the personal Lord and Savior that you have come to know so well. I'm gonna close with this. When I was 17, um, I had a woman in my life who uh, became a tutor to me and with a few of my close friends in high school to just help us with school. Her name was Catherine. And we go to see Catherine a few times a week and um, she just became a really close friend of the family. Um, But even though she was our tutor, she was very ill, quite ill actually. She had been hospitalized several times. They didn't know she'd live another 10 years. In fact, I remember her daughter who was 14 at the time She had a special permit to drive her mom to the hospital because that's how close to she could be to death. But despite her sickness, every time we'd walk into her home, it would smell good, a nice candle would be there, there would be snacks for us there to eat. Worship music was always playing low in the background. And she said, come, before we get into our schoolwork, let's sit, let's talk. And we'd sit in her kitchen, I can remember this her kitchen even to this day, I'd sit down at the table and she would say, How's, what's going on? And we would share with her the different things going on and um, she would share things going on with us as well in her life. She just set this environment for us to come in and to feel welcome, to come in as we were and feel at home. She had an open heart. She had a desire to help us succeed. About six months into our time together, I remember sitting down with her, and uh, at the time, I, uh, we started having a conversation. And um, I was actually dating a guy at the time who came to her separately, he didn't come with the group, but he would come to her separately and, and get tutored as well. And he had shared some things with her in regards to our relationship that essentially were not healthy. And um, essentially, let's just say it was a very toxic relationship. And um, I felt very imprisoned in this relationship with no way out. So one day, about six months in, as I sat down with her, she began sharing some of the things that he had said because she cared about my life. She created the space and place and just began to share, hey, I, I think you need to know these things. And so she shared this tox, this information, these things that he had shared, very toxic. That's a story for another time. It was almost like this light bulb went off in my head. My parents had been praying for months that this relationship would end. I think they wore their knees out doing that. And I knew Catherine. I knew her heart was for me. I knew she loved me. She wasn't just saying something to say it, that truly there was something there. And she saw me and she also knew the detriment that this would be if I continued on this path for the rest of my life. So in that moment, I made the decision to break off that relationship, which can I tell you, had I not done, I would not be here today. I, would, I can say that 100% and my parents would validate that I would not be here today. But I look back at Catherine, my tutor, 
this woman who just extended a hospitable heart, even in her own sickness, she yielded to the Lord and to the needs of others. She created moments where myself and others felt very loved and welcome and created this place and this space of safety. The Lord used her to bring healing in my life and who knows how many others. But and from that place of healing, she planted the word of God. She planted seeds of God's love. And I'm here today because of her. One of the many who helped change the path of my life. So here's my question to you as we close today. Where do you find yourself when it comes to having a hospitable heart? Where do you find yourself? Do you find yourself being a place of safety for others? Do others feel loved and valued by you when they spend time with you? Can others experience healing with you or the environment that you set for them? I want you to take a moment, and I want everybody in the room, if you're online as well, I want you to just close your eyes. And I want you to ask God this question. I want you to say, God, who is someone that I need to extend the heart of hospitality to? Who needs to see you? Who needs to know you're real? Who needs to feel your love? I believe some of you are already seeing images of people flash in front of your, in your mind. Some of you are getting names. And as the Lord shows you those people, I want you to say, God, where's a space that I can invite someone to experience that same love, healing, and peace that I found in you? Some of you, he might be telling you what to do now. Others, that'll come over the next few weeks. But let me just say this. This is not a moment for you to take. The Lord shows you, you walk away and you forget. This is a moment where he's saying, hey, I want you to be instrumental in somebody's life. I wanna pray. Father, I thank you for your great love for us, Lord. That in that love we've received from you, God, it is our heart's desire that we would love our neighbors those around us as you have called us to do, as you love us. So Father, it's in this moment, I thank you for every heart, every person in this room, those who are online. Lord, as you've shown them people, as you've given them names, that God, you would give them the ability, Lord Jesus, to see beyond the walls, Lord, that we would all see beyond the walls, myself included, Lord, and into the lives of others. God, whether it's family, coworkers, whoever it might be, someone at school, Lord Jesus, help us to love them, Help us to see them. Help us to create space and welcome them in so that they can know who you are, that they can know the good news of Jesus. In Jesus' name. If you're in this room, I know I've just talked about the love of God and I could not go, I uh, could not leave here today without, if you're in this room and maybe you've never experienced that same love for yourself. Maybe you feel imprisoned but you wanna experience freedom today. 
or maybe you've, made, uh, maybe you've never made a decision to follow Christ, or maybe you've just been separated from him, but today you're like, I'm ready to turn back. Maybe you just need a new path, a new trajectory, and today you're saying, God, I, I, I want that. God's drawing you in. Wherever you are in this room, I want us to all pray this together. If you would just pray this with me. Say, Jesus Christ, you paid the price for my sins, my sickness, and my pain on a cross 2,000 years ago, I recognize I've been estranged from you. I've fallen away from you. But today, I wanna surrender to my, my life to you. So right now, I make a decision and I repent for the sins that I've committed. I turn from my past. I turn from those things and I turn towards you. Would you cleanse me from all my sins? I receive your forgiveness, and I thank you for your love. I turn towards you now, and I make a decision to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to do something real quick before we close. If you are a mother in some way, expectant, any of that, I want you to stand up in the room because I wanna just pray a blessing over you. Mothers, grandmothers, aunties, godmothers, spiritual mothers, mother-to-be. And if you feel comfortable doing this, I wanna pray a blessing over you, but I, if you feel comfortable, I'd love for you to just extend your arms. If you don't, that's okay. But if you feel comfortable, I'd love for you to do this. Father, I thank you for the women in this room. God, I thank you for the women watching today. God, I thank you for all the love that they have extended to others graciously, generously, safely, with kindness, through a heart of listening and valuing others. God, you see and you have seen them even when they haven't felt seen. I thank you for the hospitable heart that they embody. Lord, as they have devoted themselves as women of God's word, prayer into the lives of others, right now, I speak a blessing over them. That they would be blessed in their relationships with their sons, with their daughters, their spiritual children, Lord, and everyone that they encounter with the grace and the favor of God. That they would be blessed in their finances, that they would be blessed with wisdom and stature as righteous women of God. That the joy of the Lord would overflow and abound in their lives as they have, as they have laid down their lives for countless others. God, that they would be blessed and renewed in their time spent with you. And in that, that you would reveal more of yourself to them. God, that they would be blessed with the gifts that you placed within them and in this, that they would begin to abound and flourish in an even greater way. And that their lives spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally would be blessed with the tender mercies, peace, health, love, and wholeness of Jesus Christ our Lord. I bless them now, and I thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day.